I was on tour once. Uh, we were on like a nine-week tour playing a, like a crusty punk house in Vancouver. We walk into the house and we're like, hey, we're playing tonight. They're like, awesome, so good to have you. You're going to be sleeping upstairs in Robbie's room. It's going to be great. We're like, oh, my God, thank you so much. Really appreciate it. And this dude walks down the stairs, and he's like, holy shit, man. And we look over, and he's just there, and he's holding a cup upside down on a piece of paper. And he goes, I finally found what's been biting me at night, dude. <laughs> and I swear to you, I wish I was exaggerating. It's a spider as big as the palm of my small hand. Jesus Christ. It is the biggest fucking spider I have ever seen in person. That was Robbie who had that. And it was Robbie. Oh, no. Welcome back, Bannock folks. You're listening to another episode of Bannockdotes, the show that's holding it down for the underground sound here in Ontario, Canada. And I'm your host, Phil Paxton. Listen, I'm not going to waste your time today because we got a long one. I know that you know that we already have t-shirts. You can check them out on our Instagram. And I know you know that Sinner's already got shows coming up October 9th and 10th. So we're just going to jump over that. And uh, for our fake ad read this week, I don't have anything for prepared. But if you have any cool fake ad reads any useless inventions that you would love to hear ad reads for send me an email or a message come up with a useless invention something that nobody on earth would ever buy just give me the name and the function and i'll come up with an awesome ad read for you and we can do these every week we'll have a great time with them you can tell that i've already had a lot of fun with the ones that i made up and i'm kind of at my wits end with some of them here a lot of them are food related at this point because i guess just food is just you can just make ridiculous food <laughs> anyway this week we have none other than kw from the from the vile creature uh, experience <laughs> But, you know, KW is more than just Val Creature. He's almost a staple of Hamilton downtown. Uh, he runs a grocery, a vegan grocery mart called Coven. Um, he's done some promoting of the shows. He really uh, is, uh, you know, um, a person who is high regarded in, in the Hamilton community and for, you know, as he should be because he does so much for it and, uh, and he gives back. He's not someone who's super pretentious and just, he, he even says in our episode, like, you know, he's, he's an open book and he'll, he'll tell you what he, his knowledge. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm so grateful that we had the conversation that we did, you know, it gets a little cathartic. Um, uh, we, we get a little serious, but for the most part, it's just a, it's a really good time. And I'm so glad he came on the show. Um, we're going to get started though. Cause like vile creature songs are like 10 minutes each. So, uh, this one's a lot Long one. Buckle up, folks. I'm going to be playing uh, most of uh, Vile Creature's cast of A Static and Smoke, uh, just because the, the track is four, or sorry, the record is four tracks long, and uh, I normally play three tracks throughout the show. So we're going to get the show started off with their opening track Water, Tinted Gold, and Tainted Copper by Vile Creature here on Banecdotes. Thank you. 
play for five people and it feels like 10 yeah and when you can play for 30 people and it feels like 300 yeah it allows you to gain the confidence you need to play yep. it's just like there is a place and time for those things and they're very very wonderful mm -hmm. with that said i am very excited to not play doors again <laughs> <laughs> yeah also i'm pretty sure doors isn't going to be there yeah, fairly soon so. no yeah i think you're right which means we got to get uh eric dickerson to open up a hamilton venue all right we on Eric? <laughs> Just call him. <laughs> call him on air. This is the edge. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Live call-ins. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Dean Blundell here. Exactly. I'm trying. To Hi, I'm Wade McNeil. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's Hi, I'm Wade McNeil. I'm Wade McNeil. I'm the other guy that sings. I swear I sing in Alexis. I swear I'm in this band. Seriously, I sing in that band. You don't. It's it's not just the city guy. <laughs> yeah. It's not just Austin, Texas. Yeah. It's not, just, it's not, it's not Austin Black. Yeah. 
It's not San Antonio Mauve. It's me. It's me. I do this. <laughs> I, I, am ba- I am Batman. Why does it no one take me serious? <laughs> I, I am Batman. <laughs> Are we all, I think we're all good. I think I we're think good. Everything's good. Can you hear me? Oh, yeah, we're good. All right. I talk English. Goodly. Better than I. Mm. Debatable. (laughs) (laughs) This is the first live interview I've done in like two and a half years. Damn. Everything, when we did our last record, everything was on Zoom or phone calls or email. Yeah, like all the press? All of it. Yeah. All of it was a phone call or a WhatsApp call or... Is that because of COVID? Yeah. Because yeah, uh, the, the okay, I don't know if you... Did you know there's a pandemic happening? <laughs> no, I haven't heard. <laughs> tell, tell me about this. Uh, <laughs> it's it's called Corona, and it's best with Lyme. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Yeah. Are we going? Oh, yeah. It's been going. Oh, we're going. It's been going for... We're going. Okay. That's great. now. Since the beginning of the Wade stuff. Uh, oh, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> San Antonio mob. <laughs> awesome. Well, well, here we are. Uh, I'll introduce myself. I'm Phil, the host of the show, Banecdotes, the one you're listening to. Today, I have my co-host. My, my, he's my official in-person co-host, because this is my second in-person interview that I've had. It's got Nick Ginn on the mic. Hey, Say you hello. said it right. Hello. Yeah, yeah I got hello. it right. Yeah. And then uh, to my left of me, we have my wonderful guest, KW of Vile Creature. Introduce yourself. I am KW of Vile Creature. Oh. I have now introduced myself. I love it. How are you doing? How's your day today? Uh, it's good. I'm tired. Yeah. Uh, everything is well. I just came, as you know, I just came from work right here. Wow. In beautiful Dundas, Ontario, <laughs> which is adjacent to Hamilton, Ontario, which I believe two-thirds of this room believes is the greatest city in Canada. <laughs> You're correct on that. I know, right? <laughs> You know, I don't so know we, what city I think is the greatest city in Canada. So, well, Which, tell me now. I that's, I just don't know. We'll we're gonna convince. Out. We're gonna make three uh, by the end three of this. By the end of this. by the end of this thing, <laughs> Phil's gonna have a lease. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, a tie cats jersey. A tie cats jersey. <laughs> uh, he's gonna be really into the Canadian Professional Soccer League. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Throwing some Sons of Anarchy pajama pants is good measure. And there. he's never gonna call anybody a goof again yeah. unless he really means it. <laughs> Because I learned, like, my five years here, I learned that the term, like, I called my friend because my, like, friend was acting weird. I'm like, oh, you're being goofy. He's like, don't you say that here. Like, no, what like are that. you talking about? And it turns out in Hamilton, a goof means a child predator. Yep. And I did not know that. And that is definitely, like, a regional thing. Yeah. That is not something I have ever learned known before until I'm here. And uh, the, uh, what is it, the Disney character Goofy now makes a whole different oh, world shit. of sense to me. <laughs> That's great. Oh, my God. Nobody talks about... Nobody has any Goofy merch in Hamilton or... No, Goofy got canceled forever ago. (laughs) Only in Hamilton, though. Only in Hamilton. That's great. Uh, KW, what are the things the last time I seen you in person? The last... Before the panorama. Yeah. um, I probably... I was probably visiting St. Catharines and walked into the weed shop that you worked at for yeah, like 10 years. That was probably about it. I pro- oh, it was probably when we collectively stole the Lincoln Park flag from your work. Oh, that's right. You totally did that. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> so there is this Lincoln Park, ori- like original hybrid theory Lincoln Park flag um, in the like top corner of the roof. And it like wasn't for sale. Mm-mm. And it had probably <laughs> been there since hybrid that, theory since came the out. Came out. Yeah. 
And I think for like two years, I've been like, Phil, I want that. Phil, I want that. And Phil's like, it's not for sale. I don't know. And then one day I was like, Phil, I see a ladder. Can you grab that for me? <laughs> and for some reason, Phil did it. <laughs> and then I took it and I gave it as a gift to somebody who genuinely appreciated the fuck out of it and still has it hung and it like means everything to them. That's amazing. Um, but yeah, we the last I think the last time I saw you, we collectively stole a flag from your former place of work. Sorry, non-existent rock universe. <laughs> it's too late. Yeah, it's, it's too, late. too late. They're really not, the reason why they that. don't the reason why they don't exist anymore is because they didn't have that <laughs> exactly. original hybrid yeah. theory flag. It was a big demand. You sunk for that. him with that flag. I really fucked it up. <laughs> <laughs> how do you? I now, I was trying to think of this today. How did we meet? How how did we meet? Was it through? It was through music, obviously. Might have not been. It might have just been from me, like oh. working at Rise Above or Ro- Rescue Dogs. Yeah, it was probably from Rescue Dogs. Because I worked downtown, and I was yeah. just like, "Go get lunch at Rescue Dogs." So, um, do you want to explain Rescue Dogs for the people? Yeah. So, Rescue Dogs, uh, Rescue Dogs Vegan Hot Dog and Street Fair was a uh, hot dog cart that my partner Vic and myself opened in twenty fifteen. Um, we'd both lived in St. Catharines and worked at the same restaurant and I had this idea for a vegan hot dog cart where we hand roll all the hot dogs and you just do it like a normal street cart, like a normal, it's just all vegan. Uh, and when you donate a portion of the sales towards animal rescue, cause rescue dogs is a great, in that context, rescue dogs is a great name for a vegan hot dog cart. So we saved up a shit ton of money and bought an old hot dog cart and refurbished it and put a new grill on it and developed a recipe for a hot dog and opened up a hot dog cart in downtown St. Catharines. And it was literally on the corner of James and St. Paul in this abandoned lot that had been abandoned forever. Um, it was a hotel that used to be Still there. abandoned. Still <laughs> a whole different story. Is that beside L3, yep. that lot yep. there? Okay. So okay. that was our, I was literally the leaseholder on that lot. The gazebo <laughs> that was in there was, I had the padlock oh, to it. We stored all the shit in it. I had the keys to the gates. It was like our oh, lot. Cool. So we rented it from uh, this old, like this, the guy who'd owned it since the hotel burned down, quote unquote, mysteriously. I'm doing air quotes. Um and yeah rented it to us we got a license like the city was really helpful and got us a license to be a downtown food cart which there's only like three available in the city and one happened to lapse so we grabbed it oh that's cool and then uh being smart and only three years into moving back to canada i decided to open up the cart in november uh (laughs) and stood six days a week on the corner during one of the biggest snowfall years they'd had in 10 years and (laughs) sold hot dogs every day and yeah, you came and got a lot of hot dogs. Yep. And we hung out and chat, chatted yeah, a lot. Yeah. Um, now, correct me if I'm wrong. You're from Florida. I grew up in Florida. You grew up from. I resent from there. the from Florida. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> how dare you? I'm sorry. <laughs> how 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 is it being from there and then experiencing one of the like big blizzards? Again, you said I'm from there. <laughs> I said and it. Really? I'm sorry. I grew, I, up just, there. I grew up there. I just said. <laughs> How offended I and you like threw it back at me and I feel so like sorry. it was on purpose. <laughs> was it? I feel like you're you're testing me no, here. I'm sorry. Lord give me the strength. <laughs> and when I say Lord, I mean nothing because we exist alone. Right. Um we so yeah, I grew up I did grow up grow in Florida. Up. I'm from I was born in King City, Ontario. When I was two, my family moved down to Miami area mm-hmm. uh, for my dad's work. And then I went to school down there, I went to university down there. I for all intent and purpose, I am a Floridian. 
unfortunately. Is that what they call themselves? Unfortunately. Okay. Yeah, Floridian. Um, but yeah, it was, I hated, like, my one of my mom's favorite stories is that, like, since I was a little kid, I was like, I want to move back to Canada. Always said it, always meant it, always wanted to do it. Um, Florida is the worst. It's mm-hmm. a terrible, terrible, horrible place full of terrible, horrible, there's some good people, sure, but mostly terrible, horrible people mm-hmm. and terrible, horrible things, and I dislike it greatly. Uh, I have very few positive things to say just from my own lived experience. Right. Um, yeah, like growing up as like a queer dude in the early 2000s in a place that is like not rad, not fun. No. Not I a good imagine. time. No. Not even close to a good time. No. Um, so left there very quickly. And yeah, like I ended up spending a lot of my like late, late, like I gra- I was done with university when I was 20 and then my early 20s was spent in New England. Mm-hmm. So I had some winters, but like my first big winter was literally me standing on the corner at a hot dog cart. <laughs> wow. And it was, I liked it because I was working for myself. Right. And I had warm boots. Um, but looking back on it, it was one of the dumbest decision, Fair decisions enough. I've ever made. Fair. But like. But it's very stupid. Easily, it's easy to say, like, you would say that, like, fuck the weather, you're happy being in Canada. Thousand percent. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I never had a Can- uh, American citizenship. I always had a green card. Oh, okay. When I was 18, my family all applied for citizenship. And, like, my, uh, like, my nuclear family all has U.S. citizenship. I didn't. I just extended my green card for 10 years instead of applying for citizenship. Because at that time, it was. Af- like well after but not so well after 9-11 to the point where like I was touring a lot and mm-hmm. traveling internationally a lot for like my work and stuff like that and it just didn't sorry keep hitting the microphone because I'm not used to speaking to one of them around people <laughs> um, it, traveling as an American wasn't didn't seem like the most fun thing to do when I had a Canadian passport and that just made like going into Russia a lot easier yeah okay Um. so I just kept my Canadian passport and then when I moved back to Canada after six months my green card lapsed so I don't have any residency or like uh like legal ties to the states I'm just Canadian at this point but it's been I've been here for over eight years now okay and I'm not leaving yeah no you're not leaving I'm good Hamilton's here I'm here. Yeah. <laughs> I'm good. There's no Hamilton in the States. No. I'm fine here. Yeah. <laughs> you spin so many plates. You are easily one of the busiest people I know. Yeah, it's called having no chill. <laughs> having no chill. Try to explain the role in the community that you do because you have so many. I know there's not really one role. Explain all the roles you do in Hamilton. And maybe just not in Hamilton, all the community. I don't know if there's a lot anymore. I like, oh, like we are, my partner and I's hot dog cart became our store coven when we moved to Hamilton five years ago. We opened up our, like a bakery and grocery called Hamilton. Called Hamilton. Called Coven. (laughs) Shout out to Coven. Yeah. um, It's pretty fun. I like it a lot. Um, So we do that. Uh, I was a founder at Sleepy Bones Tattoo, which is on King Street. It's really beautiful. I'm no longer involved in it, but it's a really amazing tattoo shop with phenomenal artists um, creating a really inclusive environment. I love that. Um, And it's really great because it's like uh, Deja, Kat, and Shirlane are the three artists that are there. And they are... um, as strong-willed people as you can get, um, as politically positive and savvy as you can get, um, and they, I think I like about them a lot, which is also something that relates into a lot of the music that I like, is their politics aren't a gimmick. 
they are who they are because and they can stand behind it in just not as people but just talking in like a work construct they are three of the best tattoo artists in this town bar none you could argue that some of the best tattoo artists in Canada and I would and they back it up by being true to themselves and true to their clients and I had a small minuscule hand in helping start that shop That's and be awesome. a part of it at the beginning and Kat has taken it and run with it in an absolutely beautiful way and it's so great to see it continue on and like the tagline for the shop is uh, all buddy, all bodies, all skin tones, no bigots and they live that and it's just the, to see it watch and grow, I'm very, very stoked for all three of them. It's been, like, really cool to watch. Um, so I did that, and then I play in a band called Vile Creature, which yeah. is from, like, we're from, we live here, yeah. but to be fair, we haven't played here very often. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, I, I just, I don't know. I'm a, I'm very much a homebody. I'm very much a person that, like, does my own thing, but I, I do stay very busy because it keeps the brain away. Right, right. Yeah. You're also, I mean, it's also not uncommon for you to th- throw a show entirely yourself. Uh, yeah, not so much anymore. I mean, there's this this uh plan the the panorama going on. The, yes, but yeah, I mean, when we were in St. Catharines, and then when we started here, it felt like when we started our band, there wasn't really a lot of bands playing our style in like Niagara. Mm-hmm. I don't think there were a lot of like sludgy doom bands. Still, really isn't. Yeah, and Hawthorne is like the only one I could think of. Yeah, and it was just one of those things where like we just wanted to play with red people, so we threw a lot of our own shows. We did the same when we moved to Hamilton, and we had friends come through. I didn't really know much about venues, so we just hit up Doors Pub and mm-hmm. put on some shows. Um, yeah, I I definitely used to book a lot when I was younger, and I don't do it so much anymore. But yeah, I like I don't know. I uh, DIY mentality is a wonderful thing to have, but you can like. It's I'm definitely a busy person, but also like if you turn it around on yourself, you work, you play in like 74 different bands. <laughs> uh, you're doing a podcast now. Yeah. You know, you are married. You are also incredibly Thank busy. You. you run a studio yeah. and then play with bobbleheads. And, <laughs> you know, everybody's got their I feel like everybody has their level of like involvement and staying busy and knows what works best for themselves in the context of like whatever keeps your brain satisfied, if that makes sense, mm-hmm. yeah. keeps yourself chill. Mm-hmm. And that's whatever level of involvement in things you need. And yours just happens to be fucking just never stopping. Yeah, I can't like I I don't have I don't have chill. <laughs> like you said at the beginning. Yeah, I have no, no chill. I have none. Uh-huh. My my partner Reminds me of that consistently. I'm not naturally a happy person, and I know that doing things makes me happy. So if I'm always doing things, I'm always at least working towards being happy. Yeah, that's great. You got to find out what works for you, you know? Being busy is my, like, I'm not a depressed person, but it's like, I don't take SSRIs or antidepressants. I just stay unconscionably busy because it keeps me grounded and keeps my mind on the past. I get shit done. Does that make sense? I I completely feel that. It's like the, the progression is like I'm very much the same and it's yeah the the feeling of progressing and achieving things that I have to be constantly doing to keep the mind happy sort of thing it makes sense that you would relate to it because I would imagine like you own a recording studio and you record bands and I would 
imagine that doing something like running Pro Tools and going through each track and making sure each track is level and animating all of the bars on it and doing those things, like you have to passionately need micromanaging yeah. and microanalysis in order to be like a good engineer and mixer and masterer, yeah. you know? I would imagine that the same thing would apply. Like for me, it's I need like all of my fingers in all of the pots all working in unison doing things or else I start to crack a little bit. And I would imagine it's the same thing when it comes to like the good sound engineers and and just engineers, let's just say recording studio people uh, as an (laughs) all-encompassing umbrella have to have some version of the like I need to be busy and I need to make sure everything's okay or I can't be happy or else it's not going to work would that like would you agree to that does that make sense absolutely that makes perfect sense like that basically sums up my life (laughs) (laughs) super admirable I have to say for you too I mean like KW you're actually one of my like I I look up to you a lot quite a bit I mean even years ago uh, I was even explaining this to uh, before you got here um we got together for a coffee after work when you still live in St. Catharines, I Absolutely. think. Absolutely. Uh, and we sat down and we were just, I was picking your brain about music and uh, you said like, what, what's what's next for the band? And I said, you know, I think we got another EP involved and you like almost stopped me dead sentence and were like, skip the EP, do the LP. And I, I, I said to Nick, it was one of the best decisions we've ever done. We've done an EP since. Nobody ever talks about that. They're still talking about the LP, which I love. So again, thank you so much for always being such an awesome person around and and someone that I can always go to for advice. I think that uh, firstly you're welcome. I am amazing. Um <laughs> uh, false bravado is a wonderful thing. <laughs> I think like uh, one of my one of my driving factors in life and I find this for it's not just music related. It's everything. Knowledge should be open source always. There are so many barriers for all of us whether it is like I run a business, I never went to business school, mm-hmm. and people hold accounting and tax and CPA, like CPA knowledge, and how do <laughs> pro- like uh, distributors hold their catalogs? There's so much hidden knowledge in business, in life, in everything that we would all do so much better by just open sourcing all of our stuff and making sure that we collaborate as a hive mind. I think a lot of the same goes for like I don't know. A lot of this boils down to I'm very anti-capitalist as a person, mm-hmm. and I think. You have to embody that if you're a person who feels like capitalism isn't the right way for the world to work. And honestly, nobody should think that capitalism is the right way for the world to work. It has shown that it's not. Uh, I'm not saying that it's something we can tear down. I'm just saying that it is something that has shown all it does is elevate a few and punch down most. You have to embody that in the micro and the macro and the micro would be is having conversations about a year because like I I toured a lot when I was younger I started really really young and got involved in the music industry really really young and gained a bunch of knowledge I don't know everything there's a lot of people who know a ton more mm-hmm. but if you're a person I'm not just saying it's the royal you but if you're a person who's never really toured or you've just kind of hung out locally and you want to do more things how the fuck are you supposed to know that you need like you you just go and play a bunch of shows and you can find emails and just, you know, book tours, two, three week tours. And the way to get people to notice you is to play shows out of your town. And you can't just play the same show every three weeks in your hometown and and get upset with people like this knowledge isn't readily accessible. No. The same thing with business. People don't know how to like it doesn't take a shit ton of money to do the thing you want to do. It just takes a lot of focus and a lot of open source knowledge. The reason why I'm saying that is um 
bringing that anti-capitalist um, knowledge into the micro is that like music's not a competition. Mm-hmm. I don't think business should be a competition. I think everybody should thrive. I think there's more than enough room for a bunch of different music studios who focus in their own thing and do a bunch of really great yeah. things. I think there's enough weed suppliers that <laughs> everybody can get their own weed and do their own thing. I think that there's enough bakeries and vegan businesses that we are happy to share all of our information with everybody so that everybody can do better. Uh, the biggest cliche is rising tide floats all boats, and that's very, very true. So when it comes to stuff like you and I were having a coffee on some steps, chatting about a thing, yeah, I agree. I don't think people pay attention to EPs, and I think that statistics show that. Like, an EP is a really nice way to maybe get your music out if you're touring a shit ton, Mm. but no one's going to, like, one in a million EPs are the thing that people remember, and it's their favorite. Right. It's always an LP. It's always an LP. It's always a record. Yeah. You always need to put your strong, you need to put super strong tracks at one, two, and three. You need to have super strong tracks at six. You need to have a super strong track right before the end. And you need to fill out the rest with good tracks. Yeah. You know what yeah, I mean? Absolutely. There's a bunch of that shit. And if you do it and you just are authentically yourself through it, you can just have a great time. Yeah. But yeah, that's, it was a roundabout way of just saying, I think everybody should share a lot more information. <laughs> yeah. That's perfect. It's, but like, it, yeah, it goes back to the if one succeeds, everyone succeeds. Mm-hmm. And that's yeah, the, way it the should be. rising Absolutely. tide floats all yeah. boats. I think I even said that on one of the episodes uh, past. So I love that you even mentioned that. A hundred percent. And I think something that like maybe bugged me about, like, bugged me about playing the, like our band started in Niagara. We were a St. Catharines band. That's right. I don't feel like there was a huge community vibe mm-hmm. in a lot of like. Maybe in a lot of Southern Ontario music, it's very competitive in a very, very weird and semi-misogynistic way. I, I can agree with that. Yeah. Like, really weird. There's a lot of, like, awkward vibes from people when you do something well because they're not doing well. I feel that. And that's 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 such a great way. Like, I, I love that you're bringing this up because this is part of the reason why I'm doing this podcast. Because there are so many fucking bands in Ontario that, like... Are there's so many bands that I also feel like they're, for lack of a better word, smelling their own farts and their heads are so far up their ass that they're not actually taking their head out and, you know, realizing all these fucking talented bands that are everywhere. So I that's what I'm doing with this. Yeah, that's my idea. That's what I, I want to do. I just don't. I just don't get like hyper masculine competitiveness where it's like that band doesn't fucking deserve it. Why the fuck are they doing this thing? Can I say fuck on the podcast? Yeah, we can. <laughs> Why the fuck are they doing? Yeah. I don't know how podcasts work. <laughs> um, my mom can hear this on the radio, right? Um, <laughs> In real time. Yeah, I, there's just so like I definitely experienced that a lot a while ago. I feel mm-hmm. like there was may, maybe I'm like this could be a big head moment for me, and I'm happy to be called out for it. But I feel like there was a lot of resentment for the fact that uh, like my band is my partner Vic and myself and we play music and we are very fortunate that we've gotten some really cool opportunities and people sometimes seem to dig our music or at least a small subtext of people seem <laughs> to really dig our music um, we started this band so I've said it a million times so Vic could learn to play drums and we could do something cathartic and creative together since day one which is seven years ago now which is weird that we've been a band for seven years Nothing has changed. We just play because we enjoy it and want to enjoy being cathartic and creative together. We've gotten amazing opportunities. We've lucked into a lot of them. We've worked our ass off for a few of them, 100%. But there was definitely a period where we felt whispers of resentment from me, like, like the hardcore Niagara community because we're 
just two fucking weird queerdos playing music and we dared to go tour in the States by ourselves and then go to Europe by ourselves and then do other things and get some opportunities. And I just never understood that when all we want to do is just be like, I just want to generally be rad to rad people. Yeah. And I hope that other rad people want to be rad to rad people. Yeah, yeah. Just be nice. Like, literally just be chill, everybody. Yeah. And it's not an everyone thing. It's not a thing. Like, I don't, I am not, I am not from here. Like, I'm not from here. I'm relatively new. I'm still eight years back into Canada. I'm in my 30s. from Florida, right? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. It's the last episode of Bansados because Phil is dead. (laughs) He will not make it back. Um, But, yeah, like, I, I, I don't know. I... I really loved living in St. Catharines. I really loved being a part of Southern Ontario. Um, and I li- love that we are from Southern Ontario, but like we, we, I would say one out of every 15 shows we play is here. Mm-hmm. Sure. And a portion of that is because we just really like traveling and we don't get to play a lot of shows very often. So right. we might as well go out and travel and it's like a paid vacation. Yeah. So it's fun. Get two at birds break stoned even. at once. Get two birds stoned at once yeah. with, jo- with jalapeno chips. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, like, also with that, there's definitely a, a time and a place where, like, in certain areas we just, like, didn't feel very welcome or... Sure. And that's okay, too, I guess. But it's just weird because we just want to support other rad people yeah. and I don't get the competition aspect of music. It doesn't make sense to me. I agree. And that is something, I'll be entirely honest, something that I have actually grown to. Uh, like, there uh, years ago, I probably was the hard-headed individual who was... I I would probably even admit that I was a little bit misogynist just because of the the community. But I, I feel like I'd, I'd, I've grown since, and you have to learn, and you have to embrace that kind of stuff. And mm-hmm. um, for whatever reason, that competition mindset was drilled into my brain even when I was in high school. I didn't like seeing other of my friends succeed. For whatever reason, it doesn't make sense. What do you feel like... If you tried to pinpoint growing out of that mindset, what, where do you feel like that started and why? Probably your band, buddy. <laughs> How? Why? Because, uh, you know, I, I, I'm from the Niagara community, and you, you said that there were whispers of that kind of shit. I've heard that shit, and, like, I, you talk to your bandmates about that, and they go, like, we t- you, you almost have, like, a, a, a podcast. You have a conversation about it. Right. And it grows. And I, I, you probably didn't like you at first, but that actually happens with almost all of my best friends. Almost. I, I, I probably didn't actually, I know I was I, feeding you hot dogs, <laughs> sir. <laughs> no, it was before then. It was before then. Um, but I, like I said, like I, when, when I first met Nick, I don't even know necessarily if I like, like Nick, I could tell you right away. I definitely didn't like Matt Breezy when I first met him. <laughs> Same. <laughs> I don't, I don't know who that is. My bassist of Hellbent. Okay. Um. Yeah. <laughs> but I would I would have to say your band has actually done has impacted me more than you probably think. So, what's the right way to phrase this? Sorry, I you delete all the silence. <laughs> um, I not for self interest. I'm genuinely curious. Elaborate. Yeah. Um. I'm. I'm. So. I appreciate that, yeah. and I don't take that lightly. Yeah. I'm just intrigued as like, so what? Like, do you feel like there was resentment at first? What helped you get over that resentment? What? Even, and I'm not asking like I'm not like uh, with a pushing fist. me. Yeah, I'm yeah. genuinely interested because this type of shit. I feel it's one of those things where if you learned a lesson, it's always great to say 
the beginning, middle, and end of the why? lesson. So you under not only do you understand why, but it also gives clarity as to what the lesson actually was. Does that right. make sense? Absolutely. And I'm just I'm intrigued as yeah. to like yeah like what why do you feel like why do you feel like you don't like people when you first meet them me or Nick or anybody? Why and is what that? do you feel like changed? What do you feel like changed that? So yeah. I'm turning it around. Yeah. Why didn't you like? Where do you like what? made you feel like there was competition mm -hmm. how did you start getting over it and how do you feel now that you're over it okay does so, that make sense yeah it makes sense absolutely um first i'll start off with i feel like a lot of it had to do with being younger being a little bit narrow-minded um uh and not necessarily wanting to accept that kind of change and that would be that kind of change meaning what um everybody involved with music okay yeah um for whatever reason just because you grow up with something for so long it gets into your lizard brain and that's what you think right um i would i would say the change for that that's like the the reason why i needed to change is is the growth it was stupid to think that it can only be one way um, and that's eventually it, it grew to a point where you, you like a sponge. If you hate something so much, you're going to bring that into your everyday life and you're going to find yourself being miserable at everything. Mm -hmm. And until you learn to let go of that, you're going to be upset for, again, you can pull up in Twitter and a tweet will make you upset. And it could have nothing to do with anything about your life. In fact, it has nothing to do with your life. So you have to let that go. And yeah, I, I would I would say uh, looking back on that, I definitely feel like an idiot. It makes me feel stupid um, where, you know, coming where that growth is from. However, I'm happy that uh, I can I can look back at it and 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 feel that uh, there's growth. If that makes any sense. Some way. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's in the realm. Yeah. There's a lot of generalities, but I understand where you're coming from. I hope everybody else does too. Okay. Yeah, does that make sense? The yeah, I, <laughs> I yeah. think so. I think I think so. In in a nutshell. In a nutshell, you let me see if I can define this. Pick and my it's brain, gonna yeah. no, it's not. I'm gonna see if I can summarize. Mm -hmm. And it's gonna sound harsh, but let me know if you feel Please. like it's accurate. This is all obviously coming from a place and I just wanna preface you and I are good friends. Yes. You and I don't know each other very well, but <laughs> we're 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 yeah, chill. Yeah. We're yeah. we're fine. This is genuinely coming from a place of good conversation. Yep. When you were younger, you had misogynistic tendencies, and you felt like a lot of people do. It's not a call. I'm not offended. Yeah, 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 I'm not. It, if you were, it wouldn't matter. <laughs> um, you misogyn. You felt like you had misogynistic tendencies and competition in music. You didn't want other people to do well because you should be doing better. Right. Um. That grew as you continued playing in bands. At some point in the last eight years, you started growing as people do. Mm -hmm. And at some point, a catalyst was this weird queer band from Niagara doing things and you becoming us becoming friends. Yep. Helped you kind of realize that there's a lot of different type of people making different types of art and all those arts are valid. And to use the cliche again that all of us have been using the whole time, all like a high tide rises all boats. Yep. And at some point that kind of clicked with you and you've moved forward with that knowledge. Does that sound like a general summation of what happened? 100%. Great. Yeah. I couldn't agree more. Yeah. You, 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 yeah. And, uh, oh shit, there was something that you said in there that made me, there's, 
I like yeah, I remember being younger and there's like, you know, the late teenager sort of like ego to like, oh, I do this and then kind of real like as you get older and and it kind of touches back to like what you were saying of like vile creature starting to go out and like, oh, we're just going to go do this tour in the States for a couple of weeks on our own and people back home in the bands that don't leave the area being kind of butthurt about it. And it's kind of like as as I got older and realizing like, oh, well, the only difference is like they're just fucking going and doing it. If we just go and do it, there's no that's the thing. And that was a huge turning point for me. And like, See, you got to give her, you got to exactly. earn, like, not you got to, like, earn your shit, but no. you got to, like, go out and play for three people in Dayton, Ohio. Exactly. And it sucks and no one wants to do it, but you just kind of got to do exactly. it. You got to go out and play shows and build people being into your band exactly. and consistently do that stuff. And most importantly, over anything, you have to be authentic. Yeah. Yeah. You got to be yourself. 100%. You have to be yourself. Yeah. People see through bullshit immediately. 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 No one cares how clean your promo photos are. No one cares how tightly professional your filmed in a warehouse music video is. People care that you are authentically yourselves and they can connect with you and your art and those guys are yep. separate. People who just listen to KW just say that, go visit the Vile Creature website. Please. <laughs> I'm not even gonna say anything else. <laughs> Just please go visit their website. Have, have you, you have you seen it? No, I oh my so, god! So you you got uh, it. Turn around. <laughs> yeah yeah yeah. Pull no, it up. No internet. Davis I Davis I, called me out on your on his episode. I still haven't got the <laughs> still haven't got it going. You can it. live reaction if you'd like. <laughs> it's .net. .net. Here we go. Explain explain <laughs> what you're seeing too. Well, <laughs> you don't have to. No. <laughs> It's fine. It's you just can for just react. Um, it's just for us. It looks like a 1998. <laughs> That's website? probably about the year. It's a bit more recent, but yeah. <laughs> it's very. Uh, it's just like bare bones. Nothing fancy about it's it. It's authentic. Yeah, man. But it tells you exactly like what's there. Yeah, like so you know exactly what you're getting. Our it's it's fun for me because. That's the music it. the music our band plays is serious and heavy and cathartic. Vic and I as people, if you know us, are the dumbest <laughs> human beings around. We are the antithesis of like if I get angry, I'm a very quiet serious dude. Right. Um and can like handle some shit. Mm-hmm. But 99% of the time, I'm the dumbest dad joke idiot in the history of the world. <laughs> so why wouldn't that be the shit I put forward exactly. in the world? Why wouldn't that be? Oh, I love it. Then that's literally everything we've done yeah. has just been with tongue-in-cheek stupid humor. But that doesn't mean we don't take our art seriously. No. It's just we're going to be authentically ourselves. And to bring it all back, we've tried to do that since the beginning. And going out and touring was a big part of that. We just went out and had mostly we toured because we wanted to go eat at a bunch of random restaurants. (laughs) We literally, I can tell you for a fact that in like 
2015 or 2016 we booked a tour because it was a new soul food vegan restaurant <laughs> opening up uh between baltimore and dc and we really wanted to go <laughs> and like nine months before we played a couple really good shows in dc and new york so we're right. like let's book i think we literally booked a show like we drove straight to new york city and played a show and then we drove, we planned it out. So we played New York City on <laughs> New York City on a Thursday. We played Baltimore for a restaurant on a Friday. <laughs> Saturday morning, we went to, it's called New Vegan. It's an amazing soul food restaurant because you have the best brunch on Saturdays. Ooh. Went and got brunch, got dinner, played a show got Sunday brunch the next day, and then I, we either drove straight from D.C. back to fucking St. Catharines, or we like played a show in Pittsburgh and went. Right, right. We will book tours to go eat food. Because like we're that. idiots. <laughs> That's so um, good. But yeah, just like relating it back, you just like, yeah, I don't know. I think people need to just be themselves and play, and there's no fucking shame in just... Being in a band to have fun and play with your friends mm -hmm. and play shows locally. Mm -hmm. You don't have to be the biggest band. You, so few people make a living off playing music. Yeah. I don't make a living off playing music. It is my fun hobby. <laughs> yeah, I, It is a very fun hobby that we have. Yeah. Just enjoy the shit that you're doing. Yeah. It's too fucking serious. Somewhere along the way, a lot of people lose that, like, the reason you start playing is to just fuck around with your friends and have fun it's and the, then yeah somewhere in the like like, for, like i was saying for me anyways it was kind of like late teens where it started turning a little less from that and hellbent's really brought that back for me like playing in hellbent of just like oh yeah like this is just going and playing in a basement with my friends and having fun yeah it's uh it's like it's the ride on the way to the amusement park not the amusement park itself it's being a it's being a professional athlete. Like you're playing a children's game for a living, eh? Yep. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. You have to. You have to. Your body has to be in shape. Yeah. You have to be amazing at what you're doing. Yep. But you are playing a children's game <laughs> for a living, my friend. We are playing instruments. I am strumming a guitar. <laughs> my partner is beating some drums. And we're, I'm yelling into it, much like I'm doing now, yelling into a microphone. <laughs> it's just fun. Yeah. You can have serious, cathartic, mm -hmm. art, all that stuff. But if you're not having fun while doing it and you're not just doing it from that childhood sense of wonder, not only what is the point, but get out. Yep. <laughs> yeah. You're, you don't need, just take that shit and go be a fucking stockbroker. Yeah. Like, that's great. Yeah. There's no point. Mm hmm. Like, yeah, I just want everybody to, like, enjoy and be supportive. That's what I love so much. There's such a vibrant DIY community in New Orleans. So New okay. Orleans is, like, to me, like, the DIY mecca. Okay. It's so good. There are so many bands. A lot of the, the band Thou really yeah, holds yeah, – yeah. they're from New Orleans. And Brian, a lot of guys in that band, really hold down this giant community of so many different styles of music. Every single style of underground music is represented and they all play each other's shows and they all support and there are hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people going to shows and it is just, and I'm sure there's infighting and I'm sure there's shit like that, but in general, it is supportive and caring and the at very least on a surface level, the competition thing is buried That's and great. it's really, really cool. And that cliche we've been using the whole time mm -hmm. in New Orleans would technically be a, a, a high tide rises all bodies from the graves. Oh, okay, yeah. Because New Orleans is... It's like the voodoo. 
place, right? Less that and more that it's above sea level, so oh, all of right. the bodies are buried above ground. <laughs> I didn't know that. Interesting. Yeah, every all in New Orleans, every uh, every grave is like a, it's all mausoleums. They're all above ground. Interesting. Huh. Uh, because you can't bury them, they will rise to the surface. Huh. Oh wow! Interesting. Vegas Funeral presents Mice on the Hurricane live at Phoenix Concert Theater in Toronto on December sixteenth with special guest Revive the Rose. My Son the Hurricane is a multi-horn, multi-drummer, multi-singer brass funk beast. And they're beginning another world tour with a kickoff show in Toronto. Tickets at phoenixconcerttheater.com. December 16th, My Son the Hurricane, Revive the Rose. Don't miss it. What are some of your favorite Ontario heavy bands within the last, well, let's, uh, in general? Um... Favorite Ontario heavy bands with yeah, um, Our Father, Our Father, haven't heard of them. Our Father, on paper, should not be a band that I like. Um, so Our Father was a Hamilton slash Toronto band okay. from the early aughts. Um, who all of the members or like three of the four members went on to be in the band Burning Love. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, before Burning Love, there was Our Father and Cursed. And then the vocalists of Cursed and all the members of Our Father got together and became Burning Burning Love. Love. Yeah, Our Father was this just, like, really heavy, interesting, melodic, I guess you could say hardcore, but just heavy band. Um, And the vocals had a... The vocals were just really good. I don't really know how to describe it other than, like, they only had had two EPs, or two seven inches, four songs total as a band, and those four songs I probably put on once or twice a month and have since I first heard about them like eight or nine years ago. Very, very good. That's super cool. Have yeah. you ever heard of that band? Our Father? No. Our Father. Yeah, Our Father. Um, I really like Burning Love. Yeah. Um, which is like a late thing for me. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, Trying to think. Uh, I like Lilum a lot. I think they're really good. Lilum, sick. I love Lilum. They're playing our show in March. I saw that. Yeah, I saw we that. play with them a bunch of times. I love them. They're uh, the vocalist Kirsten was Kirsten, yeah, yeah um, was the pro- like producer and slash director on our live show that we did. Oh, cool. Uh, last year, like our choose your own adventure. Oh, so I'm not allowed to say that. Uh, Fuck it, choose your own adventure. We got we got a cease and desist letter. Really? really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We got Goosebumps? like legal warnings. Choose Co. The company that owns the title Choose Your Own Adventure. Jesus Christ. <laughs> sent us a cease and desist for using that for our live choose stream we adventure. did last year. Yeah. Well, uh, so technically, it's an interactive, immersive concert experience. Oh, there you go. <laughs> but yeah, Kristen was like the director for it, like helped us put it all together, was super instrumental, and does a really great job. Um, like that, that band's like heavy the hard way. Yeah, did you put a record or an EP or something? They I put out an LP I, last year. Th- did they not do something this year? I think it was a full. I think they just did the record physically this year, but I'm pretty okay. sure it's the same LP they put out last year. I thought I, f- I may have featured an old song on one of my new music of the month episodes with Lilum. <laughs> However, it was whatever. You know, I'm not always on it. Yeah, but the truth is that I like I don't listen to a lot of heavy music. Cool. Okay. I I am a the worst creature of habit, um, mostly because of the way my brain works. <laughs> Um, I basically, there's, I, I like a lot of different types of music, but mm-hmm. like on a daily basis, there are two bands that I listen to and that's 95% of what I listen to. And what are those? I listen to the Tragically Hip. Oh, I knew that. And the Hold Steady. 
And the hold steady. You know what? I've seen you tweet about the hold steady. Those are the <laughs> no, but it's one of those things where like I don't know why it happened, but when I first got into those bands, something clicked and mm-hmm. I was attached mm-hmm. to the point where like I have I it's almost it's not even embarrassing. I don't care because I'm proud. Like I have I think 240 live con- bootleg concerts of the Tragically Hip wow. on my iPod because I use a iPod. Well, yeah. And I have, I think, like 130 hold steady ones. And that's mostly what I listen to. Just the live. Is rotating those live shows or going back. That's so cool. And that's what I, that is what I listen to. I will sprinkle in other things, yeah. but like, if you're talking like of 10, if you were to like talk about the last 10 things you listen to, on any day or any week or any month, I would say seven out of the ten is a live show from one of those two bands. <laughs> That's crazy. It's just it. Yes, <laughs> yes, it is. It's I, just who I am. Yeah. I get it though. Like certain things just click, and yep, you just can't get out can't of it. Can't get enough of it, right? Uh, yep. It's also part. I can say in part, it's also having an atypical brain. Sometimes you latch onto things and you can't let go. Right. Yep. You, you know. Um, and that's a that's a big part of who I am, and I'm very comfortable with that at this point in my life. I'm too old to not be comfortable with that. Right. Um, I am a big proponent of like love the things you love as hard as you can love them. It's a wonderful thing. People who are like super nerd, everybody's got something that they like know every detail yeah. of, and that's such a beautiful experience and a wonderful thing. Is there's so much joy that comes from that, mm-hmm. and that's all people should have is that amount of joy. Mm-hmm. I get so much joy from listening to like the October third Cleveland concert <laughs> from 1994 oh, of the it. Tragically Hip, and listening to Gift Shop go into Nautical Disaster. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like certain small things just give me the greatest elation in the world, and that's what I want everyone to experience on everything. On everything. So yeah, it's just that's the it's the yeah when you're neuroatypical, certain things can not for everybody, but certain things can really set you off in certain ways. And for some reason, both of those bands have like defined the tragedy has defined my entire life. The Hold Steady was like from 2011 to now. Sure. really defined like my listening experience and has informed my guitar playing and everything that I do and I'm very okay with it it's not for everybody <laughs> my partner who I live with will not listen to the hold study <laughs> it is a thing I have to do in private right. on headphones um, but they've gotten a lot better where like some I would like sometimes I'll come home and they'll be like listening to so we like have this massive we've got like a computer that runs our TV and my iTunes is on it. So we have all of our music on this main thing. It's mm-hmm. a speaker system that runs through the house. And like we'll be listening we listen to music most of the time. And like every sixth or seventh time I come home, Vic will just like tap on a tragically hip record and just put it on and then probably go upstairs and do something. But just like <laughs> they'll be very kindly mixed in the couple things that I like and nice. that's love, guys. Yeah, that's love. <laughs> that's love. How'd you get into music? What 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 was your first band? Mm. I, it's like God, uh, I played with, I got a bass when I was really young. Okay. Uh, my sister had an acoustic guitar and then I kind of started plucking on it and then I got a bass as a gift when I was like seven or eight and started playing it and really loved it. Um, there was a band called Level 42 from England that my dad was a huge fan of. They did the song Something About You, okay. uh, which we, like you'd know if you heard it from like major rock radio sure. in the early 80s, but Mark King was the bassist and he's... Like one of the, he brought like slap bass to the forefront. So I learned to play music by playing slap bass. Mm-hmm. It was Mark King and Sting. 
I played a lot of like sting, like early solo <laughs> Sting riffs. I'm a huge Sting fan. It's I love true. it. Yeah, 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 huge. Peter Gabriel too, like yeah. Peter Gabriel bass licks. That was all that I started doing, and then I also was into like I got really into Slipknot and Kitty and lots of new metal bands. So um, I think I was like. 12 or 13, 14 in that area when I started just playing with a couple friends, like like the couple people that could stand me when I was younger. We just kind of started playing in bands together. And then when I was 13, I really got a lot better at the acoustic guitar and just started playing my own songs. And I did that for like under the same, like I did that and the songs that I wrote, I continued doing that for like 12 years. Really? So I played and toured around as like a solo acoustic person oh, sometimes cool. with a band sometimes on my own sometimes just with a bassist a couple times with like some orchestral people but i would like tour all the time from like 16 until 22 or something wow. uh just playing like acoustic songs and stuff like that um and yeah that's how i got in and then i was like playing was I, I was on tour and when I was like 18 playing with a few people and then when I got home they uh this band I don't even remember the name of the band at this point but like they were continuing on and we're like hey do you want to like come do merch for us I was like sure why not I love being on the road so I went and did merch for them and then they were on tour with another band and I started doing merch for that band and then someone needed a tour manager and from there I just basically lived on the road from like right at the end of 19 until my mid-20s wow and just did that and got into managing and got into tour managing and music, always playing my own music as well. And then I like really fell out of it hard, had a major nervous breakdown. Oh no. It's okay, it happens. Yeah. Managing egos is a really hard thing. Sure. <laughs> um, and then I kinda, I really jetted out of it and moved to Canada. Right. Started getting involved in food, met my partner, moved to St. Catharines. I hadn't touched an instrument in like four years at that point. My partner wanted to learn to play an instrument. I said, if you buy a drum kit, I'll teach you how to play. The only way I know how to teach is by writing. They bought a drum kit. Seven years later, I'm sitting here talking to you being in a band. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. What a great little history there. That's 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 literally me. That's cool. That's 33 years of history boiled down into two minutes of podcasting, <laughs> you guys. Now, I featured this on, I can't remember what, when it came out, but the Vile Spells <laughs> remix that you, you folks did, mm -hmm. that crushed i'm glad you enjoyed it talk about that uh it is a remix of the backwash song spells i'm not even familiar with the backwash song oh that's we remixed the song that i'm familiar like that i knew but like i i had only heard the song through your remix oh yeah backwash is a uh artist from ottawa um she is she does she's a hip-hop artist from ottawa uh, originally from Zambia, I believe, and oh, cool. she does really, like, dark, you could describe it as, like, horrorcore, but that makes you think of Insane Clown Posse, but not <laughs> in that realm. Right. But very, like, dark, industrial-inspired hip-hop. Um, she's a really big fan of metal and ended up being a big fan of our band, and we kind of chatted a bunch, and we're going to do a few things together, and she sent me the stems from that song, Spells, and I went into Boxcar Sound Studios with Sean Pearson, which is where we recorded our last record, and Sean's, like, a cl very close collaborator of mine and a really good friend, so we kind of just went in and fucked around with it, because I, like, when I heard the song, I was like, I hear a guitar riff in here. And I started just playing guitar to it, and then we recorded it and just kind of did our own, basically did our own version. Then Vic came in, and we did vocals over it and, like, replaced the hook with our vocals. It's and so sick. Yeah, it was really fun to do. And just, like, from the beginning of the the Panorama 
to outside of like so we put out a record in like June of 2020. June. That record was recorded two and a half weeks before the shutdown in February 2020. Wow. Um, here in sunny Hamilton, Ontario. Um, <laughs> and we had plans to tour and all that stuff. From the start of the pandemic, I touched my guitar once, and that was to do our live stream. Okay. Um, which we did like our, like we recorded it, and then I touched it. I hadn't touched a guitar in over a year. Oh. I just, it was two, I was working 12 hours a day yeah, every day plates. with no days off. Um, so I needed something to kind of cleanse the palette from our last record and last the last thing I did creatively and also to kind of like start churning the wheels of getting back into being creative. So kind of doing that remix was a really fun way to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really enjoyed doing it. Right it, was, on. it was a fun little, it's the shortest thing we've ever done at three minutes or like two and a half minutes. That's right. <laughs> it's like a fifth of one of our songs. One of my favorite things you do live, um, it's like halfway through your set, you'll be like, all right. We got one more song, and then like it's, it's like another twenty minutes. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I have a penchant for being an idiot. I love sure. it's one of my favorite things you do because because everybody immediately goes okay like all right so this is probably gonna be like three minutes I could go for a smoke soon and no you completely you throw everybody off I love it and you're not lying I'm not you're it's, not lying it's our last song technically <laughs> I used to we did that a lot more because I think our like first four years we were playing like we were trying to do like punk quote-unquote punk doom sets where okay. it was like we're playing a 28 minute set which is two songs yeah <laughs> we're playing two so we're playing a 13 minute song and a 15 minute song so we get through the song and be like okay guys we got one more for you and it's a 15 minute long song <laughs> now i think we like have it split up a bit more to where i think we're playing closer to 40 minute sets and we're playing two to four songs or three to four songs right so it's a bit more and some <laughs> of our songs are under 10 minutes now so yeah. that's fine we have three songs under 10 minutes so that works out i don't know <laughs> a lot to say apparently <laughs> it's such a well like when we're doing like a hellbent set we'll cram like 14 songs into like in a like 15 minutes 15 set. minutes like, yeah <laughs> so yeah polar it's very opposite of how we do things we had a really fun time when we were playing like our first festival we ever played was called fed up fest and it was just like (laughs) this really like radical political festival in chicago with a lot of really rad bands and we were the only doom band on there and they're like okay everybody's got 20 minute sets i'm like i don't know if you want to bring us in to play a 20 minute set and we were a new band at this point i'm like i'm happy to do it but you have to understand this is a song and a quarter (laughs) yeah and then they like kind of list like they knew us, but then I think they listened to this stuff more. They're like, "We'll give you guys two songs," <laughs> and we were able. We literally did like a short version of one of our songs where instead of it being thirteen minutes, it was nine. We like cut out a bunch of the repetitions, right? <laughs> and yeah, we made it into like a twenty-four minute set, which is to this day the shortest set we have ever really played. twenty-four yeah, yeah. minutes. We like there was like a long. It was like when we only had the one record, so there was only three songs, right? We only had three songs, and it was a 44-minute record. Yeah. <laughs> so we were like, we can't play the middle song. We have two songs we can play. <laughs> and yeah, there was like the first song on that record's like 14 or 16 minutes or some shit. And we were just like, okay, this first rep, six-minute piece, we have to cut it into two and a half minutes. So it was just like a very quick upscale for us. For other people, it was probably too long. For us, we were like, this is so short. It's very weird. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's great. So you're a Juno nominee. <laughs> Yeah, how, how was that experience, especially because of the panorama? Um, I imagine it's a night and day difference from what you would imagine it would be had the panorama not been happening. Yeah, it would have been. I mean, fuck, man, the Tragically Hip got that award. 
this year. They got like the humanitarian award That's right. and played with Leslie Feist. Yep. And they did It's a Good Life If You Don't Weaken. <laughs> and I would have been at that fucking show. <laughs> So, uh, it not. I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, yeah, it, that was one of the coolest surprises. Um, more so for anything, it was like we, I knew that our, I think it was like our labels, our labels, press person, <laughs> I knew that they had submitted it mm-hmm. because everybody submits everything in those things. Yeah. Um, I had no expectations. We are not an accessible listening band at all. Sure. At all. It, that's fine. Um, but yeah, we were told a few days before when the press conference was happening. Um, we weren't told anything. We were just say, hey, they're doing like they're announcing the nominees. I'm like, okay, I, I watched it the last couple years. I'm like, okay, I'll watch it. We'll yeah. see, whatever. And then they're going through the metal category and it's alphabetical. So <laughs> V is near the I don't know if you know this, but V is near the end of the alphabet. So they get through the four and we're like, it's not. We didn't expect it to happen, but it's not happening. And then they're like, vile creature, glory, glory. And we're like, what the fuck? We genuinely had a freak out. Um, like, that's the Junos or something my grandparents watched. Yeah. And my parents know what it is. Yeah. And it was really the best thing. That, it's super cool. I'm genuinely honored. We knew we knew we were never going to win. We never had a chance to win. We never thought we were going to win. We never cared. It doesn't matter. Right. It doesn't matter at all. The fact that we were nominated, like, my my dad my mom my grandparents my partner's parents all were like oh this isn't just a really disgusting hobby you have (laughs) you know what i mean right it was validating in a way that i never thought i or i think i think i feel like i can speak for vic we never thought we would get validated like we don't talk to our parents about our band right they don't want to hear they're not gonna listen to this shit (laughs) they'll be like oh that's sweet honey that's very nice you're going to europe yeah support it are you spending too much money like but like being uh, being like hey we were nominated for a like our like vic's like our parents seeing our names on the CBC, like that was a thing yeah. where it's like, oh, you guys are actually a thing, and that was a form of validation I never needed, I never knew I wanted, but now that I have, feels really cool yeah. and it's very elating, and I'm very, we're very genuinely honored and excited. about Well, it. I think you guys deserved that nominee, and I think, I mean, who won that? Who won it? Unleash the Archers. Who's who's that? Okay, so Unleash <laughs> the nominees were. That's rude of me. I'm sorry. It's fine. Unleash the Archers are like a power metal band. Okay. From like a ah, yeah 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 that style metal. super they're very good it's not I can say I can qualify this by saying they're not my style of music okay. whatsoever um I think they're on they're like on Nuclear Blast they're on like oh, really? a large large label um their album did super super well it was by far the most accessible sounding record sure. that was nominated mm-hmm. I thought they were gonna win from the beginning mm-hmm. and they deserve it they so are they really go. going for it they're people who want to make a living doing music I think they're from Vancouver they seem like nice enough people so happy for them like and they just like I thought they were gonna win it from the beginning and it's not a knock on them they are the most accessible sounding band that was on there mm-hmm. and they deserve to win and it's great for them I think it was them Protest the hero. Oh wow! Who really? had won before? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, catac- cataclysm, cataclysm, uh, annihilator, and us. I think that's who yeah, was. I I could be wrong. Right. Um. And yeah, I never. We were the like underdog of underdogs. You've got like two people, two bands that have won. The Juno the before. Juno's already one band that's like the breakthrough new artist and a, like a legacy 
like 30 year legacy thrash metal. Right. Like we're not going to win. <laughs> we never thought we were. Right. And it was just, it's very cool to yeah. be in the running. It was yeah. very, very nice. And we're genuinely on it. We have the, they sent us like a high school style silver foil <laughs> stamp certificate yeah. and we have it framed it on our wall. Yeah. Why not? It's awesome. Yeah. They also sent us a gift, but like, it's funny because at like the Grammys, they give you like iPads. Okay. And like yeah, yeah, yeah. nice watches, <laughs> and this is the most Canadian thing ever. Is the Junos sent us a commemorative Juno Uno pack? Oh my goodness! <laughs> a game of Juno Uno. Uh, they sent us clip-on USB powered ring lights. Yeah, okay. Um, we got a set of stamps, Just like Juno case. stamps. Yeah. Um, uh, a picnic blanket, a Juno picnic blanket. <laughs> That's nice. It's pretty tight. Yeah. Uh, that and, probably gets used. And we got the certificate like a foil stamp yeah, certificate. that's sick super cool yeah and we got two of each of them because they sent each of us a box i'm like guys we're married <laughs> yeah. we just need one of these <laughs> we need one that's great so, so the bo- the other box hasn't been opened no uh we gave it to laurel mins oh cool um from niagara who was an integral part of our record right on uh yeah love it yeah love it uh what do we got oh but none of those bands that got nominated for Juno, they didn't have a VHS release of the record. I'm sure maybe one of those old school bands probably had one <laughs> at some point. Back, back in the day. Yeah, had yeah. One. But yeah, we definitely did a VHS version. That's of so record. cool. It's the coolest thing I've ever actually heard a band do. It was really fun. Yeah. I had a really good time doing it. The guy who did Andrew, who like put together the visuals for it, really did a good job mm-hmm. on it. And Steven, so our our band is the two of us. But like I, we have like uh, Stephen Wilson is a wonderful person who lives in uh, Long Island, New York, who has done all of our art for the past four years. Stephen's a member of our band. Stephen's the art Love director it. of our band. If I need something done, I say, "Hey, Stephen, I need this. Here's an idea." Stephen does it. We trust them implicitly. They're a mm-hmm. wonderful human being. So when it came time for this record, we did like we took the we had our friend Danica and our friend Bree, and we did the album cover photos, and we told Stephen what we wanted, and Stephen. Blew it out of the park with the illustrations on it. Told me we were doing a VHS, and I'm like, dude, I need this to look like an old horror, like an old horror VHS. And they were like, yep, yeah, yeah, yeah sounds good. Uh, and they knew exactly what I wanted to do. They knew exactly what I wanted and what I wanted to do. And like, yeah, they just blew it all. Like, the we are nowhere. We are nowhere without the people that help us, and I love that. You we have. Like, such cool merch items with the with the band. The gummy worms. Yeah, you remember when I was talking about how I just got to be authentically a fucking idiot because I'm an idiot? <laughs> it works so well. We did cat calendars last year as the secret merch item. <laughs> cat calendars? Yeah, so uh, twice a year we'll do uh, mystery that. merch. So we, do, I th- we did it in October and we did it in April. And basically it was like a band camp Friday. And I put up a $6 mystery merch item. So... You are spending six dollars, mm-hmm. including shipping, and you don't know what it is. I love it. You can spend six bucks. I thought maybe fifty people would do it, and six hundred did. Oh wow! <laughs> There's two zeros after that six. <laughs> I included shipping at six dollars, and I almost lost thousands of dollars. Oh, no, because <laughs> like over half of that was people in Europe. Oh geez. Forge, and we were gonna do it was cat calendars with mm-hmm. all of our cats in different months. And we had Steven do like fo- like pictures of them in. Uh, like, like one of our cats like jumping the Grand Canyon. Another one as a judge on RuPaul's Drag Race. Like stupid shit. Um, 
we did it as a thank you to everybody involved in the record. We were like, I think people would enjoy this. Let's do it as a mystery item. So many people got it. Fortunately, since they're made out of paper, I was able to send it in letter mail. So instead of having to send it as a packet, I could send it with stamps, which saved my ass. Wow. <laughs> so we sent out, yeah, 600 plus the original. We sent out 650. We charged $6 for each. We made $1.44. <laughs> Uh, we did another mystery. We did masks as a mystery merch item in cool. April where, like, again, you didn't know what it was. We're doing another one in October. It's just always on, love it. on band camp for 24 idea. hours. Awesome. It's a mystery merch item. You can trust us or not. And but it sounds there. it sounds like the, your trust is in there. Like, I would, I'm going to buy the October one. I think people that like us are as equally weird as we are. <laughs> yeah. And, like, kind of <laughs> yeah. get that it's, like, if you get our humor, you're going to enjoy it. You're going to enjoy Maybe. the item no matter what. It's going to be no. a... I'm going to... <laughs> oh shit <laughs> I already guessed it no. we can cut that out if that's actually it <laughs> you oh. can what I need you to do don't cut that out but bleep it okay I'll do that but you keep all this in but you just, just have to bleep that yeah I can do yeah, that yeah yeah that way no one knows that you just what oh, you just said I love that's it that's so funny that Phil actually guessed it you strike me as an individual now nah, this is completely great transition yeah <laughs> 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 you strike now. This is just this is me guessing, and I have no idea. This is the straight uh, uh, shot in the dark. Do you enjoy Dungeons and Dragons? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay, that's what I thought. I used to LARP when I was a kid. No way. Hard. You were a hard Super LARPer. Hard. I was a hard. I was a LARP harder. LARP yeah, I was a hard LARPer. Oh, that's so cool. Uh, now I actually don't know much about LARPing. Uh, what, I was what gonna it, say, what's a LARP? LARPing is when you actually like in, live action role play. Yeah, okay. live action role okay. play. Okay. So du- you know what Dungeons and Dragons yeah, yeah. is? You sit at a table, you've yeah. got a map, and you go and you roll die. Yeah. Live action role play is where you act out the whole okay. story, and mostly instead of rolling die, you're doing rock paper scissors. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, uh, I did. I did that with Vampire the Masquerade, which is like a vampire Dungeons and Dragons. This is so cool. Yeah, it was the best. I loved it. it is one of the. It's the only time when I was a kid that I felt accepted. Okay, it's the greatest. That's good to hear. Because I'm pretending to be a vampire. Yeah. With a bunch of other people who are pretending to be a vampire, who are genuinely just enjoying themselves without fear of any form of judgment. I love and it. you can be the weird version of yourself that you want to be within this alternative re- weird world. And at that time, like. Your little group, so I played in a group in Fort Lauderdale, mm-hmm. the games were coordinated nationally. <laughs> so the storylines were being done nationally. Cool. So that there was, I think, like, there's nowhere close to as many people doing it from that group now, but, like, there was, like, maybe 80 or 100 games nationally happening, and all of them were kind of following the same principles of the storyline. Mm-hmm. So when something changed in the main line, the person running the game knew the info and had to spread it. Oh, so you're so cool. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you're playing, yeah, it was the coolest. It's so much fun. It's where a lot of my creativity came from. Um, it's improv, yeah. it's weird, it's fun. Yeah, I'm huge love. I would do it now if I had it, any semblance of time. Uh, that's what I, my, that was my <laughs> next any thing. Any chill. I was, <laughs> no, I would add it if I, if, if, if I had some chill, I would fill that chill with no chill of playing, of LARPing. Yeah, it's great. It's so much, it's so much fun. I wish you had time so that you could be a DM for a campaign that I would play with you. I would DM a game for sure. I think I would. If you ever plan on it, I, I will play. I will. I will hit. Have you played D and D before? I played last night. How did you enjoy it? It's not for the first time. I play all the time. But oh, uh, awesome! Have yeah. you been playing for a long time? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, a couple, uh, probably about two years now. You not play D and D? No, he doesn't. No. Why? <laughs> I 
I don't know. He probably so like. No have one. you ever been invited to play D? No, never. That's, that's why I've thing. never I got to do the it. Invite. I'll, I'll invite. I'm him. giving side eyes to Phil. Yeah, yeah. I, I'll have to do <laughs> All it. All right. He he's also been slightly interested into golf, and I still have to take him out yeah. golfing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You should Return. do D and D instead. <laughs> <laughs> a lot less work involved. Uh, uh, no, well, there's a lot more. There's physically. a lot less. Uh, depends. <laughs> but yeah, it's you. Do you do you like fantasy? Eh. Do you like fiction? Yes. Do you feel like you're a creative person? Yes. Do you like to talk? Depends what about. Do you like improv? Like it, drama. Not really. Okay. Then maybe d and <laughs> not for you. Maybe not. Yeah, yeah. d and super fun if you can just dive, like, forget about yourself and dive into the thing that you're doing. It's so great. You and- get to become a character and go on a quest and the more you just go with it, the better it is. Okay. I played a D and D campaign um, over a very, very short. We like it fell apart because we were all so busy. But over the pandemic, we did a Zoom D and D game with a few friends. That's cool, and it was really fun. Mm-hmm. Um, and we, I think we, what was the name? We ended up naming our group the Cult of the Blood Eagle because every time we would destroy a war party one of us would like put you know what a blood eagle is yeah, yeah. rip out the ribs through the back uh, we would put someone in a blood eagle and I'll start chanting blood eagle and we had a moment where there was somebody coming and I uh, like it was the last person and they ended up falling over so I tried to chop their head off with my axe and before I rolled I said I chopped their head off and I scream you're paying the executioner's tax and I rolled a 20 and we chopped out their hacks and we also just started swing at the axe axe. and it was great (laughs) and it was just fun because we were playing with uh, like members of Lilum and yeah yeah yeah. it was just so you can have as much or as little fun as you want with it I'm a huge fan of being as creative and weird as possible it's the best I, I we have to make that happen at some point at some point in our lives yeah one day I will have time one day after 43 you said 40. 40. At some point after 40, I'm going to take some stuff off. I say taking stuff off my plate as we are like ramping up to if the world is safe. Like, we're going to, I I am this busy without playing any shows in the past. We yeah. haven't played a show since September 2019. Wow. We took time off to write a record. That's right. We played in Toronto with Lingua Ignota in September of 2019. That was huge. And that was the last show we played. By the time we play potentially in March at the Garrison, yeah. it will have been over two and a half years since we played a show. Wow. Who knows? Jesus, yeah. Who knows? I'm still not confident it's going to happen, but I hope so. It's a five dollar show at the Garrison, so that's fun. Yeah, that should be. Well, hopefully, it happens. Lastly, before we get in, sorry, what did you say? So that's a long. That's a long time not playing shows. Yeah, it's the longest I've since I like between that time and I was like, I'm not doing music anymore. Since I started playing Bio Creature, this is by far and away though I think the longest we ever went was like eight months. Wow. This, this is... is the longest I've gone. I think mm-hmm. ever without Weird. playing shows. It really is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like I don't know. Like I kind of feel like I need to start working out a bit, cause like my body's gonna hurt. Right. Cause just without. Playing. I'm a big dude, but I move. My body's gonna hurt. Right, yeah. I haven't gotten any of those. But bo- like, there are. You know, you're a vocalist. Yeah. You play. You play instruments. I like play drums. I said. You play I'm drums. A, well, yeah. You, well, fuck lazy. you then. <laughs> but like you, like there are muscles that you use when you're playing live that you don't use any other time. Nope. Like bangovers are real. They're a real thing. Oh, the worst. <laughs> Lastly, before we get into the anecdotes. Okay. That segment. How? Tell me all the pets that you have. I want to hear all the names. I want to hear them all. Uh, we have one dog. Uh, her name's Hex. Hex. Uh, we 
Had six cats. Unfortunately, one passed away about two months ago. Sorry to hear. I uh, appreciate that. Her name's Olive. She was the mother to another one of our cats, whose name is Carl Sagan. Um, <laughs> Olive passed away, unfortunately. Um, and then we've got Koshek, uh, Omen, Ruxin. Uh, his first name's Rodney, but everybody calls him Ruxin. <laughs> of course. Uh, and As they should. Lucifer. And That's sick. Those are our. Those are all of our cats. Lovely. Yes, that is uh, any chill that I do have is spent with them. Spent with them. I love it. My free it. time is spent with our animals, and I would not have it any other way. They are the best. Animals are great. You got to get yourself an animal. I know. I know. I'm currently animalless, and it, do you like animals? I do. I do. I love dogs. Do you have the time for a dog? Um, yes and no. You have a studio dog. <laughs> I whenever it's a hundred percent yes, go for it. Exactly. That's kind of the thing. Is I was dog sitting a buddy of mine's dog a couple months, two months ago, or whatever it was, and I was like, hey, maybe not right now. This is makes so, sense. But again, fortunate that when that does happen i can just i can bring a dog to work and it's not a big deal you put an right? outside pen it's, with a dog house exactly, and hang which exactly. is great exactly yeah
some anecdotes. Tell me some of the wildest stories from being in a band in the road on the studio or in the road or on the studio. Anything wild that you have to tell us from being in a band? Any any fun anecdotes? Like anything happened when you're up over in Europe? Uh there's so much that's happened like just from being a vile creature or in general. In general. Um I was on tour once uh, in the van. I had my partner at the time, and I was one of my best friends who lives in England, who's still one of my best friends. Uh, we were on, like, a nine-week tour um, all throughout the States. We ended up in Vancouver. We were playing, a, like, a crusty punk house in Vancouver. We walk into the house, and they say hello, and we say hi. And we're like, hey, we're playing tonight. They're like, awesome, so good to have you. You're going to be sleeping upstairs in Robbie's room. It's going to be great. We're like, oh, my God, thank you so much. Really appreciate it. And this dude walks down the stairs, and he's like, holy shit, man. And we look over, and he's just there, and he's holding a cup upside down on a piece of paper. And he goes, I finally found what's been biting me at night, dude. <laughs> and I swear to you, I wish I was exaggerating. It's a spider as big as the palm of my small hand. Jesus Christ. It is the biggest fucking spider I have ever seen in person. That was Robbie who had that. And it was Robbie. Oh, no. Amazing. 
Yup. And the worst part about it was he had a massive welt on his fucking <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Where Did were not you? stay there. Vancouver. Vancouver. Bud. Fucking Vancouver, eh? Vancouver, eh? Fucking Vancouver, bud. <laughs> That's wild. They fucking give her there. I didn't know that they had spiders like that uh, out there. Fucking apparently. <laughs> apparently they do. Um, yeah, that shit happened. Uh, there's uh, Honestly, there's so... I don't know if you have enough time for all of That's these fair. these stories. It's its own episode. <laughs> There's like I or trying to organize them in my head. We've just had like what was the I was on tour in Jackson uh Jackson, Michigan uh with my close friend and we were playing this festival and this one dude was really really stoked like on our set and stuff he was like you can come stay at my house we're so excited uh and he was like kind of wobbling around and he had uh, multiple sclerosis so he had two two canes he was super nice um and his like speech was a bit slurred and we were just like really really fun really lovely person so he was like yeah let's go get taco bell and we'll go to your house I'm like, i love taco bell let's go mm-hmm. so we went to taco bell and he's just hanging there and he starts getting wild at the taco bell parking lot and then we were just like eating at Taco Bell parking lot. And I don't remember. This is over 10 years ago. Yeah. He starts getting wild. He's like, okay, this is our address. I'll meet you back there. And then he opens up the door to his car, like four bottles of Jack fall out, gets into his car and jets before we can say anything. We were like, oh no, <laughs> he was slurring his speech because he was fucked up. Oh, no. <laughs> so we drive over towards his house and we pull into his driveway and he left like five minutes before we did. And we are like, he's not here, where is he? And then we just see his, he was driving like a pickup truck with a topper. And we just see his pickup truck pull up and the front window is smashed. <laughs> There's a mailbox post sticking out of the front window, and the topper's gone. <laughs> he gets out of the car. He's like, guys, I don't know what happened. And we're like, no, buddy, what? Did you kill someone? Yeah. What happened? Yeah. What the fuck? And the cops pull up. Oh, no. And they grab him. And he was shit can wasted. Yeah. And then we just say fuck it and go in his house and go to sleep because we were tired and there was nothing else to do. And then we leave the next morning very quickly. Yeah. His roommates wake up and we're like, who are you guys? We're like, uh, he said we could stay. By the way, you might get a call. You should probably bail him out. We got to go though. Bye. Yeah. And we leave. And it's funny because that was another, I had this uh, history of doing like marathon tours when I was like playing acoustic stuff. So this was, I think like a 115 day tour. Wow. We literally traversed north america twice in the middle of the tour we ended up in a different small town in michigan a month and a half later and your boy shows up to the show (laughs) did he drive he certainly did wearing an ankle monitor oh (laughs) yeah He's like, man, that was like a crazy night. I'm so glad you guys are okay. Did you sleep? I'm like, yeah, yeah. I'm glad you're, are you like okay? He's like, yeah, you know, uh, I can still drive. It's fine. I'm not supposed to leave the house though. I'm like, you're here, my dude. in your house. Yeah, that was just like a wild, I wish I remembered that man's name because he's like a terrifying legend and I say this as somebody who like drunk driving is my least favorite thing it's not good. I would have no. pulled him out of his car yeah. the serious side of it is I would have pulled him out of his mm. car in hindsight it's the most ridiculous thing it's a ridiculous but one. yeah no like I, it was one of many ridiculous nights I love that I love that. So from like so from being on the road especially doing those crazy marathon <laughs> tours you got to have a favorite gas station snack oh uh wawa 
soft, a Wawa soft pretzel with a hazelnut coffee. You're, Nothing closer. Very I just, specific I, and not I, even hesitate. No, like, no, not I, even thinking about I it. I love it. It's uh, a <laughs> gas station. I, I just spoke with Tyson. Uh, like, yeah, yeah. And he said his favorite place in the States was Wawa too. There's nothing better than Wawa. Because apparently you just place an order and you don't talk to a lot of people. It's, you're not even placing an order. There's a, uh, you know how like if you go to in like a lot of fast food places now they just have order screens? Kiosk, yeah. yeah. Wawa was the kiosk place before anything. Really? Hmm. 12 years ago, you went into a Wawa, and there's a touchscreen thing, and you build your own sandwich, and then they say, here's your sandwich, and they give it to you, and then you go pay and leave. That's it. It was. It's a gas station chain that has really good subs and very, very good, like, good, bad, the best of the bad coffee. That's sick. And they also have, they have like, 70, they have, like, big gulp coffee cups. <laughs> oh, boy. So you get, like, a 72-ounce coffee cup. Jesus. So, yeah, it's if you're if it's 3.30 in the morning... And you're driving between like Tulsa and Denver. You can actually—I don't even think that's. It's more so East Coast. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, you're driving in fucking New Jersey. You can stop and get a full, like you can get a hoagie, and you can get a massive coffee. And their soft pretzels. I'm vegan, so their soft pretzels were always vegan. Right. And they had like everything soft pretzels that were a buck. Damn. So yeah, you can get a co- you can get a coffee and a soft pretzel, and it was I think it's like two. Uh, back in the day, it was like two fifty four. And they had pennies, so you'd save your pennies. Yeah. <laughs> and for $2.54, you have a massive coffee, 72-ounce coffee and a soft pretzel, and there's nothing better. There's also a rival. Like, you, if you ask people, think your thing for gas stations, if you know people from the States, mm-hmm. it's asking if they're a Wawa or a Sheets person. Okay. So Wawa has the best sandwiches. Sheets has French fries. Oh, okay. Sheets is like a Wawa. Sheets is like evil, uh, evil sphere Wawa. Okay, <laughs> same deal, but it has yeah. like fried food. It's got an Wawa's evil just fresh on. subs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I am a Wawa guy. There's a lot of Sheets people. Okay, cool. We'll have to remember that. We need to yeah. apparently book a States tour just to explore. I don't know if we're going anytime this. soon, yeah, but. True. They were also like the first gas station that had, they always had uh, like a uh, non-dairy creamer. They always had really? like silk soy milk. Interesting. Always. Have had it forever. They always yeah. had soy milk on the dairy bar. That's cool. Because it's like did your own DIY coffee bar. Yeah. And just like all the stuff, but they always had silk soy milk. So That's it made awesome. me stoked every time. That's rad. Um... What's the best gig you've ever played? Doesn't doesn't necessarily have to be with Vile Creature. Yeah, I'm just trying to think. Uh, I was with Vile Creature, and actually, I know it was. Um, so, we played. Uh, there's a festival in the Netherlands called Roadburn. Yeah, amazing metal festival, and it's like a metal and arts music festival. Mm-hmm. Um, we were asked to play at Roadburn uh, in 2019. And it was, like, the first... We'd been to England before. It was our first ever, like, festival festival. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is, like, you know, as when we set out in a band, Vic and I, I think when we start, we're talking about doing a band, we were talking about, like, bucket list stuff one day. Mm-hmm. And it was like, I want to go on tour. I'm like, if we ever, like, if I ever want... I just want to be in this band for you, but if I were ever to do a thing, I'd want to play Roadburn. That's the festival, because I don't won't go to a festival if I'm not playing it. I right. just don't want to be around people. No. So I was like, I want to go to Roadburn, so I'd love to play Roadburn. We got asked to play Roadburn. It was huge. Um, it was just like so amazing for us, and it was the year after we released our second record, Cast Static and Smoke, so we decided to do Cast Static and Smoke start to finish at Roadburn. We go there. It's in the Netherlands. We're playing on the—we're like the third band playing on the first day, and we're playing at— um, a venue that used to be a church. It holds like 750 people, um, which is the second smallest venue at Roadburn. They have okay. a 300, a 750, 
a thousand, a fifteen hundred, and a five thousand. Cool. That's like their stages. Yeah. So we were playing. We were like this. Yeah, the second or third band playing on the stage on the first day, which is a Thursday, and we're just so excited. We played like five shows before, and we're there, and we're stoked. And we get set up on the stage, and everybody's so nice, and we get things ready, and we look out, and there's like you know three or four rows of people, and then. We kind of go back after our sound check. We kind of go back and hang. And then when we go out to start playing, the venue is full. <laughs> we play my favorite set we've ever played. I've never felt better about a show we played. And when we get off stage, Walter, who's the man, he's the organizer of the festival, is standing with tears in his eyes because he says, KW and Vic, I'm so sorry. I'm like, what did did we murder somebody (laughs) what i thought we did well he goes no i he's like i'm so sorry there's 400 people outside who couldn't get in oh really there was a lineup around the venue twice to get into the venue he's like i underestimated i should have put you at it i'm so sorry we ended up playing like a diy secret show two days later at a skate park there cool um, and that was amazing. And it was just two of the most fun where we just got to feel like a band. Yeah. This is the first time I've ever felt like I'm like, I'm, oh, we're like a band. Yeah. I don't have that feeling often. And I don't care about that feeling, but right. to have it for a second, it was kind of the same feeling like when we got nominated for the Junos. Yeah. It was awesome. That's awesome. It was super fun. And I'll always remember that moment. And that's the like biggest regret for the pandemic was we were supposed to play Roadburn 2020. We were commissioned and we were playing the main stage, Mm -hmm. which will have been the biggest show we will have ever played Mm -hmm. at like in a stadium that fits three, 3,500 or 4,000 people. It's like the wildest. That's wild. Until I guess we do Hellfest in June next year, which is going to (laughs) be stupid in its own right with corn. That's right. You're playing Hellfest. Yes. Have you seen that lineup? Every like, Heavy band you've ever thought of? They're Every, yeah, they're it's, playing. Uh, it. It's we've got Avenged Sevenfold and Corn opening for us. So. <laughs> I love It'll it. Be, and Judas Priest. Uh, we're oh, playing. that's cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, they're fine or whatever. They're fine. <laughs> Just opening for they're the openers. You yeah. know, like hopefully people stick around for them. I've heard of them. Yeah, we're like the second band playing mm. on the like second to last stage, but we're playing on a stage with like Red Fang and Twin Temple. If you haven't heard Twin Temple, they mm. are. Satanic lounge music. Oh my god! Um, check that Inter Arma, out. who's a very good, very very good like Doom adjacent band on Relapse, uh, and the Killing Joke, and that's our stage. Yeah, okay, cool. Yeah, yeah, very yeah. cool. That's super cool. That's, yeah. The dumbest. I'm so excited. <laughs> yeah, I'm very excited to like watch the Killing Joke and go to sleep. This this is a perfect segue into my next question, for maybe that show, but let's even let's let's make it bigger. If you're at the level of Metallica, okay. What is your rock star dream rider? Oh, the same rider I have now. Okay, okay. Same rider. What is I it? Don't, I am a simple person. Okay. Uh, our our rider, and when I say that, I mean basically if you're playing in Europe, you have to have one. Okay. We don't do one for the States. No. Um, there's no point. It's dumb. We're not a big enough band. It doesn't matter. Riders are dumb. But if we're ever asked for a rider for festivals and stuff, our rider always says uh, enough food to feed us. Obviously vegan yeah. or money to go get food. Yeah. Um, the best pack of root beer you can find. Okay. A two packs of cigarettes, because I smoke a lot. Yeah. And a framed picture of a local celebrity. Oh, I love it. That's our rider. That's awesome. That is our current rider, and I don't think I would but, ever change it. But no clean socks. 
No clean, no, no clean socks. I know a lot of bands that yeah, used to yeah. do that. It's every day instead of doing laundry, you exactly. just get new <laughs> clothing. No, I would. It'd be just like light snacks and shit like that. But if honestly, if I had to like blow it out and I was Metallica size, it would definitely be like, um, just food. Just like a really good lineup of food, probably a carton of cigarettes instead of a, you know, so you can stockpile for the time yeah, we're right, on right, a right. tour. Um, man, I don't know. What would you do? Uh, I like the framed picture of the local. Always party. a framed picture, and it's so great good. to see what people do. Some people just like most people ignore it, but sometimes people will do really That's cool so shit. Good. It's the same thing. So we get a guest list for every show that we play. Mm-hmm. I rarely know people. Dwayne the Rock Johnson. Dwayne, if you're listening, Dwayne, <laughs> I have had you on our guest list for five years. <laughs> Dwayne. He hasn't showed up. You have not come to a single show. <laughs> and I'm offended. Yeah. As you should be. I'm going to continue to do this. You need to come. Dwayne, I know you're listening. Yeah, I know you. We have had Dwayne the Rock Johnson on every guest list we've ever had, and usually like a local person sure. of notoriety yeah. will put someone on or of like legendary fame <laughs> like, i'm pretty sure in philadelphia i put benjamin franklin on <laughs> the guest list for fun yeah you don't know you, he could show up who's to say who, you, you who's to say who's, you don't know yeah, i don't i don't know yeah who knows oh, some random kid named ben franklin shows up and she's like hey i would be i would have no issue with that whatsoever so funny. whatsoever he caught wind that he was yeah, on the guest yeah. list you know what i mean but yeah no like i've we have literally had Dwayne the rock johnson on every guest list we've ever That's been asked great. to make i love it he's never shown up yeah i for a rider i like when when we asked when hellbent was in the room uh, like uh, nick and breezy said fresh socks i'm i'm a little bit more easy give me like an arcade cabinet like the one at the doors the one that's flat with like the donkey kong on it true that i'm very and some weed how, i was just about to say how was your first thing not i want weed was, and i'm not talking about a little first, bit of weed yeah, yeah. i want like marijuana like i want the plant <laughs> full here plant. you yeah. want a bud tender yeah, you've heard of yeah. ice sculptures i want a weed sculpture yeah, yeah, yeah you want a personal bud tender yeah. at your venue who will come in yeah. and grind you want like a blunt roller yeah. you want like a blunt entourage pretty much like have Snoop Dogg's entourage yeah, oh, yeah. Saying, have you ever seen some of those guys that have actual like job postings for like like, yeah. you're my blunt roller yeah. for this. Yeah. Snoop, Dogg, yeah. Snoop Dogg has so one. Yeah. You yeah. can pay like 100 grand a year for a guy to roll yeah, his yeah. Yeah. some blunts. Yeah. It's amazing. Great job. Crazy. Great job. Yeah, that's your dream job. It is. <laughs> yeah. Your 100% dream job. Perfect. I got how, do you, how do you not aspire to be like a major league joint roller? You know what? I'll be entirely honest. I just started learning how to roll joints like two that. years ago. Are you a pipe guy? Oh, I was always a bong guy. Oof. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Bong. Actually... <laughs> This is gonna well, no. I used to do the shoots, the lungs. I don't know. They get, they've, they're, yeah. they've got all sorts of different names. Oh, the accordion fucker? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Take the bag under the bottle? Yeah. That was my Phil, go-to. I say this as someone who genuinely has a lot of like loving feeling for you. You're a fucking idiot. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. No, I know. I don't do that Cut anymore. That What's that? You cut that out. I don't do that anymore, no. Uh, so, yeah, I just started le- recently learning how to I remember jokes. when you... First started learning how to roll. It was one of our tours or something. Yeah, yeah. I, like you showed up with it's like here's a bag of like forty joints I rolled. I, I like I, I I was left to my own devices. I think I broke a pipe or something, and then like I had papers and I had this weed, and I was like, it's time. Like you ever broke? You ever have you ever broken a pipe and it's been like fuck it and put the weed on the broken end? And, still and you're, like, you're like, I'm still doing this. Free, it's kind of like freebase. You're just like, I'm just yeah. gonna try. Yeah, yeah, I've definitely I need done something. that. Yeah, I've definitely done that. <laughs> right on. 
Last question. Yes, sir. It's kind of big, but you should be able to answer it. And you already kind of have. 42. That's it. That's right. All right. We can wrap up. Cool. No, we're done. <laughs> um, all-time, five all-time favorite artists. Tragically Hip, yep. The Hold Steady, Sting. Mm-hmm. Um, Tragically Hip, Hold Steady, Sting. I had to say it again because I need to know where I'm at. Level 42. And... Baroness's first three records. Cool. Yeah, you were the one that actually ta- uh, uh, turned me on to Baroness. It was you were driving me home that night. Two different bands. What's that? They're two different bands, man. Yeah. Well, yeah, but yeah, that yeah, I'm a huge, massive Baroness fan. Yeah, because they was they sound different after those records, or they released uh, their first EP, second EP. They're split with On Persons and the Red Album yep. are like a logical, heavy, amazing band. And then from the blue, you could, could the blue records kind of like a hard rock record. Everything they've done after that has been kind of like prog rock, mm-hmm. um, like singing vocal prog rock, not really distorted or heavy anymore. Right. And there's a lot of people who passionately love it, and I have nothing bad to say about it. It's not for me. That band will always be their first few EPs in that one record. I love it. And that is like that is my education in the music that I play now was like Baroness. Cool. But yeah, no, Tragically Hip holds. I feel confident about that. Tragically Hip holds steady, Sting. Level 42 and Baroness. I'll have to check out level 42. You don't really want to. <laughs> <laughs> I don't I don't think you'll enjoy it. No. You can though. Okay. Be my guest. Dave, yeah. the level best is their greatest hits record. Cool. It's Level it's best. Level best. <laughs> what a good record name. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, I think we can wrap that up there. Thank you so much for coming on to this uh, podcast. I appreciate it so much. You've been great to talk to. We had some really good talks today. Uh where can all the listeners find uh, the band uh, social medias? And if there's anything else you want to plug or give a shout outs to, now's your time. Uh, you can find all of our stuff at me without you. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I don't have anything to. I don't. I don't have. Just like be decent people. Be decent. Just please be decent to one another. Just be please. nice. Just be like nice and rad people and get vaccinated. Don't be a fucking idiot. Um. Yeah, that's about it. Right on. Yep. Cool. Sound Let's good. Let's end it there. Cool. Right on. You! Woo! There you have it. That was my conversation with KW, a vile creature. We got the show started off with water, tinted gold, and tainted copper. And in the middle there, I snuck in Sky and Descending Pieces, which is half of their record. They've only got four tracks on that record, and uh, I played two of them, and that's off of cast of static and smoke it's not their latest uh but make sure you do go check out their latest because it's a super banging record and as you heard it was nominated for juno so that's kind of a big deal here in canada <laughs> right on don't forget to like and subscribe rate and review follow us on all our social medias facebook uh, instagram at banecdotes b-a-n-d-e-c-d-o-t-e-s if you want to support the show directly you can hit me up and you can purchase a shirt we got some shirts check it out on our instagram um, my niece, I posted a really funny story on the weekend of my niece trying to say uh, the description of anecdotes, and she was being really silly with that. Uh, speaking about the weekend, I hope everyone got to go to that wicked show in uh, Hamilton at the Kill Room with Trauma Model, Deadly Game, Rust, Single Wound, and Gavel. That was a great time. Had a good time there, that's for sure. And speaking of which, Sinner's got us shows coming up in the fall and of October. We got October 9th in Toronto at Bovine Sex Club with uh, 
Twin Rivals and Gao Zhou. And then the next day in Hamilton, we're at Doors Pub, October 10th, with Anthrea, Scabs Off, and Absorb. And that's going to be a great show, so make sure you come out to those gigs. Um, yeah, I'm going to get going. i got to go cast my ballot. It's election day right now. When this comes out, this will be Wednesday, so you guys will be in the future, so you will have known who have won at this point. But uh, yeah, I'm in the past right now, so I'm going to go vote. All right, folks, I'm out of here. Take it easy.